introduce a few people to you. I'd like my nephew to stand up. Gardner Daniels, is he in here? It's my nephew from California. He's on his way to San Francisco State. And Elijah McDougal, are you here? This is my other nephew from California. You guys can sit down. I hope, they, when they come out here or when I go out there to California, what I hope and pray is that when I'm long gone from this place, they'll always talk about their uncle and how he lived their life and how he lived his life for the Lord. I love those kids. And we have somebody else that's very, very dear to me. Some of you know her, some of you don't. <laughs> we are so close. I think that the only person outside of this person that I'm this close with is probably the bishop. I have, or I don't know anyone that, or personally, that have been through more than she has. I've seen her go through so much in her life. And she exemplifies the love of God like no one that I know. No one. When, when I backslid, the one person that really, really got to me and started to really make me see the light again was her. Not by pushing me, but just reminding me where I came from, reminding me of my background, who my parents were, reminded me of the things that she had went through, reminded me of the fact that you're supposed to be dead and you had another opportunity you were on your deathbed, on your way out, and God called you to do something, and now you're going to turn your back on it after he gave you another opportunity at life. So she encouraged me, and she is a great encourager. And like I said before, nobody, I mean, you can put her life in this book, and it would encourage people. You can put her life in the Bible, and no one that I know have been through as much and still stands for God. And she is an example of how great God is. A great example for how great God is and a testimony for who Christ is and how he can make a change in your life. She accepted the Lord before I did. We both grew up in church. I mean, I don't know how many brothers spend as much time with their sisters as I did, but me and my sisters, were, me and my sister, we were locked up in rooms. I mean, just making each other laugh. We can enjoy each other with just a tape recorder, recording stupid stuff and playing it back and laughing at it. I mean, that that was our life, you know. And she was more daring than I was. You know, she would sneak out the house and stuff like that. But but I was a good brother. I would say, you go. 
because I was scared of a butt kicking. She was a little bit more bold. She had more butt kicking, so she was more used to it. But for me, I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So I said, listen, you go. I won't tell, though. You know, so that was the deal. You can go ahead and go. And she would leave with, with my little brother, and they would go and do their thing. But for me, home was good enough. And I could hear the gymnasium was over the fence from us, and I could hear the party that was going on. And I knew my brother and my sister was over there, and I couldn't sleep thinking that they was going to get in trouble. <laughs> you know, because I didn't like to, you know, for them to get spankings. But I can tell you, our relationship is like no other brother and sister that I know. And I know that the way God has created things and the way God put things together, that family is in his heart, that the marriage is in his heart, that the mom and the dad is in his heart, the sons and the daughter is in his heart. And, and the, the relationship that she and I have, it, there's no words to really explain it, especially since we have the Lord, both of us. You know, I mean, we're two of a kind, peas in a pod, ace, boom, coon, dogs, however you want to say it. We are close. I mean, we are competitive at whatever we do. Scrabble, it doesn't matter. We're going to go at it. You know, we're going to hurt each other's feelings, and we're going to kiss each other in the morning. And I would like you guys to put your hands together for how great God is, because he is great. And allow my, come on up here, allow my sister to know that you know how great God is. And she's just going to give you a glimpse of how great the Father is in her testimony. Praise the Lord, saints. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? I mean, God is so good. Um, well, first of all. Um, I give glory and honor to God, who is the head of my life, to the bishop, so <laughs> to his beautiful wife, to Pastor Robert, to my sweetie Kai. She says, you're not my sister-in-law, you're my sister. <laughs> to all my brothers and sisters in Christ, I bring you love, joy, peace, all the way from California. This is such an honor and a privilege, and this was I'm going to tell you, okay, this was the hardest thing I have ever done. I mean, one of the hardest things I have ever done. One of the hardest things that I did was run a marathon for cancer a few years, uh, several years ago. But one of the, this was one of the hardest things I had ever, ever done because last week I was in the hospital for four days. And my mom, uh, when I came home, my mom came in my room and she said, you can forget about Florida. And I'm just like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, but still, getting here was was uh, very very difficult. Um, if if I would like to get intimate with your congregation, if that's okay. Um, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to share, um, you know, I have been praying and praying, you know, once, um, Pastor Marty had asked me to do this, I have been praying and praying, and the Lord was just telling me, you know what, you need to come from your heart, there's so much in your heart, 
and you just need to come from your heart. So I'm not Pastor Robert. I'm not the bishop. I'm just little old me, and I'm just going to share with you <laughs> the things, you know, that I have gone through and how, you know, today is Father's Day, first of all, and I want to wish all of, I'm, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just, I'm full, but I just want to, I want to wish all of the fathers a happy Father's Day. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause, seriously, for the fathers that are doing it. I am so blessed to have the best earthly father in the world. Yes, I do. I do. He is awesome. Oh, and he sends a word for this church. He said, when you get there, you tell them that the Lord said, for this congregation, this body here, Faith Dome, to pray, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom. You guys are singing it this morning. Okay? And I'll, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Every, whenever you pray, thy kingdom come in my church. Thy kingdom come in my home. Thy kingdom come in my life. Thy kingdom come in my health. Thy kingdom come in my finances. And what you are doing is you are saying, Holy Spirit, take over every single part of my life. Thy kingdom come. I'm telling you, it's real. My father, he taught Bible study Wednesday night, and it was just, I was like, that's not Bible, it was church. It was so awesome. And I just felt that. Thy kingdom come. I promise you, I promise you, you will see a shift. You know, everybody's talking about shift, shift, shift. And he dealt with that. Shift what? Everybody wants to talk about a shift, but a shift will come. Then a release will come. Then a change will come. Once you start praying, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. Lord, thy kingdom come in my life, in this earth. I got heaven. Don't worry about heaven. Thy kingdom come in this earth, in this church, in my bishop. Thy kingdom come. Amen? That is a word from Elder Bennett. That's my daddy. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, for those of you that need a scripture, I'm going to give you one. Well, you know, well, you know, some people got to have a scripture, and that's okay. You know, I, I, you know, I got your scripture. So let's go to um, John 4, 23. Today is Father's Day where we worship the Father, okay? And so the theme, that's my understanding, that is worship. I'm worshiping the Father, worshiping, worshiping. And I kept asking myself, why? Why do we worship? Why? Why do we worship? Why do we worship? But then a better question was, why wouldn't we worship? Why wouldn't I worship my Father? right is there now I, I i took some notes i'm probably going to use some i might not you know you know how we do it you got to come prepared but you know is there ever a time when the father should not be worshiped and i shared with my my uh, my sister um the other day i told her i said what do you do when every time you ask God, he says, 
no. When you're saying, God, please, change my marriage. But yet, after 10 years of marriage, he walks out the door. What do you do? What do you do when you had a business and the business is gone because he left? What do you do when you don't have a job? This is me. Okay? All this has happened within the last year and a half. What do you do when your husband leaves and you don't know where he is? And your baby is saying in your face, daddy left because of you. What do you do? What do you do when you come home from work and there's a note on your door that says, you got to be out of here on Mother's Day? What do you do when you lost your home that you've worked for all of your life? What do you do when you have to sell everything that you had and move into a two-bedroom apartment with your children? What do you do? So things start looking a little better in your church. You know, this material stuff ain't nothing. I'm smart. I get a job. Got one. It's all right. I want with no benefits. <laughs> Economy is bad. But you know what I did? I said, I'm going to give me some benefits. We need benefits to be in my children's world. I, I got to looking. I was blessed to get benefits for me and my son. But what they did was they said, well, you know, you make enough, you make too much money. So, you know, you're going to have a copay of $1,200 a month. Really? That's a house note. Well, it's a house note out here. <laughs> you know, I was paying $1,500 living in a little, little uh, bitty apartment. And then when you think things are turning around, find a loan. What is that? Get on the phone, call my mom. She said, okay. Ah, don't worry about it. Call the hospital. They said, be here within four hours. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has ever found a loan. Okay. But, yeah, it's like either you, you do one of two things, okay? You're either going to run to the hospital or you're going to run from it. Well, I ran to it. And so I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. Sickness and disease shall not dwell in my body. Sickness and disease shall not dwell in my body. All right, Mama, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go over here to the hospital. Let's just go benign care. Be all right. <laughs> if you don't laugh at life, life will laugh at you. 
so I have learned to laugh. My doctor walked in, and he started rubbing me on my back. And I'm like, oh, why? And he says, Michelle, I hate to tell you this, but you have cancer. But sickness and disease shall not dwell within my body. How can I, your daughter, have cancer. How could this be? How could it be? So, I had a little fit. And you know what I did? I said, God, you are so good. You make no mistakes. You do all things well. And my goodness, I must be special. My brother told me, he said, Michelle, a lot of people I know by now would have lost their minds. But thank God for the mind regulator. Thank God. God is so good to me. So, go, moving on. They say, oh, we're just going to go in and remove it. And you'll need radiation. You're going to be fine. You're going to do this. Okay. So they do. They remove it. And I'm going on with life. And I go back to visit. And um, he said, we found out that the cancer that you have is aggressive. We will need to remove your right breast. But sickness and disease shall not dwell within my body. How can this be? How can this be, God? Because I've lost. Though you slay me, Yet will I trust you. I will worship you when I'm sick. I will worship you when I'm well. I will worship you when I got money. I will worship you when I don't have no money. I will worship you, God, if you take my arms and raise my nubs. <laughs> I will worship you in distress. I will worship you in peace. I will worship you in sorrow. I will worship you in joy. I will worship you when there's chaos. And I will worship you when there is order. I will worship you in this pain that I feel every day. And I will worship you when I feel great. I will worship you in grief. I will worship you when I'm happy. I will worship you with cancer, and I will worship you when I'm cancer-free. I will worship you, God, 
no matter what, I don't care. I will worship you. I will go through the fire. I will go through the flood, but I will not stop worshiping you. I will worship you with a man, and I'll worship you without one. He don't make me. I will worship you if I, if I own a home. I will worship you when I'm written, and I will worship you now when I live with my mama. <laughs> if you can just grab hold to the power of worshiping the Father no matter what, the enemy throws at you, you will walk, and you will walk through it. Trust me on this. Okay, let me read my scripture. <laughs> it says, but the hour cometh right now, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Look, what makes you a true worshiper is not because he commanded you to, although he did. He wants you to worship him because you want to. He wants you to worship him because you love him. He wants you to worship him because he is the great I am, the beginning and the end. He knows all things. He wants you to worship him because he is the father. And I'm done. Thank you so much, so much, so much for the opportunity. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's all stand to our feet in this place. Glory to God. I want us to stretch our hands forward and let's pray for our sister as she walks.